Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Zach. And I'm Jonathan. And welcome to the <laughs> new and not improved version, but more technically complicated, <laughs> of the movie vault. Or at least Zach's in the movie vault, right, Zach? Yes, where are you, Ben? We're over here in the Groovy Vault, which is our basement, um, in the Stanhope Basement Studios that has newly been created. Um, and oh yeah, uh, we, because of the holiday seasons, cannot be in with Zach tonight and a few other reasons, and so we had to uh, tr- do it this way because. So uh, ominous, Ben. You're so you're yeah. leaving them on the cliffhanger. Yeah, I'm tune in very... next week to find it out. <laughs> I'm being very ambiguous, but uh, yes. I hope the listeners will forgive me. Is this because... So, Ben, you're not going to tell them that we split the podcast? And now there's two different podcasts. The, Z- the, the Zach podcast. The, the movie the podcast ben. and the vault podcast. <laughs> <laughs> also, Which this one is- do you choose? I don't know. Okay, but this is also the longest that we've gone without saying what movie we're doing. So, today we are reviewing the movie Soul, directed by Pete Docter, released in on March 25th, 2020, which was March. two days ago. March 25th. I mean, <laughs> December 25th. Uh, so, Christmas, Christmas Day. And that was two days ago. And uh, it grossed... A Merry um, Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas from the movie vault. It grossed uh, very little money that you can count because it was released on Disney+. Plus. On it to a one hundred fifty dollar, uh, one hundred fifty million plus budget is what it was listed as. Uh, I was gonna say one hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I should get in the movie making if that's all it costs. Uh, I can't the, even afford that, honestly. <laughs> yeah, the Rotten Tomato score is ninety seven percent. And Zach, uh, what what would you have to say about this movie? This is a movie that scientifically proves that cats and dogs and all other animals go to heaven. I guess, yeah, we've been asking this question for years, and we finally got an answer. So, I guess, so this is a movie that was released in 2020, so we have to do a, a little a section that's spoiler-free, and then warn everyone when the spoilers are. This is actually our third movie from 2020 we've reviewed, so we'll have to, like, say, uh, give a ranking real quick of our 2020 movies that we've reviewed on the podcast. All, all three. <laughs> all three of them. So impressive. Uh, Alright, so... Botch, watch, or top notch, Jonathan. What? So our our botch is like so so bad that you, nobody you should never recommend it. Hold on, watch hold on, is... Jonathan. Jonathan, you are Ben's brother. Just so yeah. the viewers know. Oh yeah, we we forgot to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so Jonathan, we actually didn't really acknowledge. He said, "Hi, I'm Jonathan," and then we were just moved on. <laughs> That's so yeah. Yep. Jonathan, more like Blonathan. I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you for coming. We appreciate you. Yeah, and Jonathan's actually he he did he worked on the setup for this, so we're really thankful that he's here. But uh, so d- it, this is more of like a it's not really a binary scale because we can't steal from bacon and eggs podcasts. You know, I mean it's a ternary or trinary. I feel yeah. yeah. And uh, so. It's kind of top notch would just be watch is like pretty much the average, I guess, of everything that is like, oh, this is worth watching. And then top notch is like um, you uh, you must see it. Otherwise, uh, Zach and I will be very angry with you Hmm. for being so. Yes, (laughs) we will show our wrath. Okay. (laughs) no, I'd probably rate it top notch because I think it's probably one of Pixar's better movies, certain creative Mm. and original Yes, uh, that I I am going to agree with Jonathan on this one, because after watching this, I don't want to give too much away, but I think it is one of Pixar's better movies, and I think it's important to watch Pixar's better movies. Um, so I'm gonna go with Top Notch, which is my second in a row because I gave Die Hard a Top Notch, even though I only rated it like 62 percent. Now, me being the tough critic that I am, I think I will give it a watch. Not top-notch, just because I think, in my scales at least, I'm, I have very few top-notches. Okay. And this, would, this wouldn't cut it. And if I were to rank a Pixar movie that's top-notch, I would say, like, Up, which, of course, we okay. already did. That's interesting. That's or interesting. Cars, or um, just cars. something like that. 
I would I not rate. Cars. I would. I might give Cars a botch. I would definitely give Cars no. three. I would give Cars three a botch. Okay, I'd probably give Cars a watch, but you know. How do you get from point A to point B? A car. Therefore, you have to show them respect. <laughs> yes, I guess so. All right. So the plot of the movie. Uh, Jonathan, do you want to start us off? So it opens with Joe Gardner uh, teaching a middle school band who is performing pretty badly, but he really wants to be a jazz musician. He's offered a full-time teaching job at the school, but he's hesitant to take it because he wants to be a really good music professional musician his mom wants him to take it because she is very much on that you need to play it safe mode of things and uh yeah so that's this is where our conflict starts and then joe finally through a twist of fate lands his gig with uh dorothea williams i believe right is that correct i think so yeah and she Mm -hmm. she is pretty tough on him but when she hears him play, she's like, he's pretty good. I'll give him a shot. And then what happens, Zach? Well, and then <clears throat> Joseph falls through a manhole when he wasn't paying attention. Of course, he avoided many other obstacles, but the manhole got him. And then he just wakes up, and he has this new blue body, and he's on this moving staircase escalator type of thing in the middle of space going to a big cluster of stars. And he asks the people that are near him what's going on, and they say, you're going to the great great beyond, right? Yes. And um, so, which is Pixar's version of death, because they got to sugarcoat it. And they, as he's going up, he's like, no, I don't want to die. I just got my big break. So he tries to, he tries to go backwards on the escalator. He ends up falling off the escalator and landing in the great before, which is a place where new souls get their personalities and their sparks before they can be sent to earth and um, given lives and then eventually die and go to the great beyond and die again. (laughs) And then what happens? Jonathan, tag team. Then he gets assigned to be a, what is it called? Mentor to a new soul to help one of the souls get their spark, which will let them go to earth. And he's assigned to 22 who has apparently been here for thousands of years and has not gotten her spark. Yes, and she's also <laughs> she's also had uh, many famous mentors, none of which seemed to get through to her and help her like find Abraham her Lincoln, Copernicus, and they all had funny things with based on the stuff that they did in their life. Like yeah. Copernicus says, the world doesn't revolve around you, and he was the one who discovered that, like, the heliocentric theory. <laughs> yeah. Um, I missed that. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of deep cut jokes in here, I, I'm guessing. Um, but anyway, I think after, uh, then they devise a plan after they don't think that she, that 22 can get her spark for uh, him to go to Earth and then 22 is just going to live soulless forever. I think. Bodiless. Bodiless. Yeah, not soulless. Obviously, they're both souls at this point. Um, and they almost get to work through these. There's these like uh, people who meditate. Apparently. Oh, wait, what are they called? No, I was joking. The Jerry's, we forgot that. Oh, but we the, forgot all about the, the Jerry's. Yeah. Multi-universe constructs. Like, I forget what the thing was. It was like the quantized, all the quantized parts of the universe combined. And to they make themselves look like to our, like two-dimensional to our feeble, small human brains. Yes. And so then, we can see them. Yeah, and then there's Terry who is in charge of counting, and he realizes that, um, what's his face, uh, Joe is gone. He doesn't know it's Joe yet, though. And uh, which I don't understand whether whether all named Jerry except for Terry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the meaning behind that is. Also, we haven't said spoiler alert, but I hope you figured it out by now. And uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, you're not already mad at us. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, we haven't spoiled too much beyond what was shown in the trailers. Yeah, so if you don't want it to get really <laughs> spoiled, uh, now they so they're about to go back to Earth through the there's these people who meditate and they are in this higher dimension which is full of people who are like musicians who when they're they get in an elevated state and then their like soul and bodies are in the same place and yada yada, and so they're he's about to get there when he and 22 Joe and 22 accidentally fall into the hole to Earth together the portal to Earth. And then Job turns into a cat, and 22 is now in his body. Well, he's in the cat's body because the cat apparently did not have a 
the cat's soul got replaced, I think, actually. Yeah. Which was a little strange. I'm not sure why cat got its soul back at the end of the movie. Yeah. That's why it proves. It proves. No, I think it did because it, it goes back alive and goes to that old lady, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it did. I just don't know how because it seemed like the cat's soul was... The cat was going to the beyond. Like, <laughs> the, he- the cat was in heaven and gets pulled back. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, now they're both on Earth. This causes lots of problems. And uh, they're going through life, and he's he, but they go to these different scenarios, and uh, it, Joe gets to see has an out of a literal out of body experience where he gets to see what it would be like if somebody else acted differently in his body, and everybody thought it was him, and this affects him, but not quite enough to like for any real change to occur. But somehow uh, Terry catches up with them. They go back to the uh, great before. Terry is all mad and like, oh, you can't do this anymore. But then, a shocking twist of fate, 22 gives her a uh, like, tag thing, which she has apparently got a tag when she was on Earth. So this is, this is I don't, we didn't really explain this. They, they have to complete these personality tags. And that the spark is the last one. We did sort of say that. Um, the spark is the last thing of the tag. So she got her spark while she was on Earth. Man, this movie's complicated to explain. <laughs> and then, uh, but it's like really simple when you watch it, so it's, it's yeah. just weird. So anyway, uh, if you've, I'm assuming you've watched it if you're listening. So I guess we'll speed things up at this point. <laughs> then we won't spoil as much. Um, <laughs> Doesn't that make all of our podcasts redundant? Then <laughs> that's true. Our is our pod after watching this movie. Is our podcast meaningless? Anyway, <laughs> Joe goes back to Earth, lives his dreams, and realizes that they don't give him that they're not his sole purpose of living, or that if they are, his life is very sad. And so then he figures out how to get back to twenty-two by playing his piano and levitating to the <laughs> field, which he knows now that he is in, an, in a different dimension when he goes there. And so then he goes somehow. I don't know how this works, but he goes from the piano. Uh, was where he he kind of levitated in the next dimension, and then he finds Twenty Two was turned into a depressed uh, being because beings that are depressed are apparently turned into monsters in this other dimension. They're not really living life, um, and and he chases her through, and then he convinces her that she is she does have meaning, and she shouldn't just be a uh, soul um, bodiless person forever, and she should go to Earth. And he gives her his tag to go to earth and then she does and she goes with him it's very sweet and everyone's like crying maybe not but and then he they let go and she goes to mongolia it looks like she's going to mongolia maybe it's china <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even try to look with wow. <laughs> yeah it could have been no, anywhere i guess david and i analyzed one part because when he was playing the piano and he put all those random objects on the the stand there was a donut on there that was so dense it looked like a bagel, and we argued about it for like ten minutes whether or not it was a bagel or a donut. <laughs> and I swear it was a donut because they say like it's a donut or whatever, and like she breaks it really easily. But I swear that looked like a bagel because it's so dense, <laughs> and it like Pixar. Come on, make it a little bit less dense if you're gonna make it a donut. Like, come on, you know the difference. It's not a cake donut. It's a regular donut, like a Krispy Kreme, just regular glaze. Just make it a little, like, put some holes in it or something. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> Zach's donut rant. Okay, so uh, uh, finally, the last thing that happens is, uh, well, do you want to close it up? Oh, what's going happen? <laughs> oh, well, he's on the ramp, right? <laughs> oh, yes. He goes on the ra- He's on the ramp that goes to the great beyond, and one of the Jerry's says, you know, we, you've inspired us all. We'll let you live again. Uh, we just... And there's like, wait, what about Terry? He's like, oh, we, we took care of him. <laughs> and then we go to a scene of somebody tricking Terry into, into counting, not counting the body. Honestly, poor Terry. Terry was a good, like, good worker trying to just do his or her job. Or I don't know, its job. Like, <laughs> Terry you know, were... They didn't call Terry because the, the Jerry's were, were so positive. Like, they could never be negative. And Terry was, yeah, like, the I, opposite of that. So that's why he's Terry, I'm assuming. Maybe. Like, Jerry is jolly and Terry is tear-downy. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. But, uh... That's if you want to get into the Pixar theory. Now yeah, that so... Complicated. So he gets a second chance on life, and then we get the soul screen. And that's, like, 
the movie. So that was probably a little bit longer than a five minute review, but this is like it's a new okay movie. It's, it's kind of complicated to talk about. Like, it's a lot of like theoretical constructs that you can see on a screen, but it's hard to talk about in real life. And it's kind of cool to see it play out on screen. So, right, because you you understand like the uh, the nature of the world when you're watching it, but when you're trying to explain it, it makes it doesn't make a lot of sense because you there's like all these things that are like just givens in the movie when you're watching it that you're like oh this is like not normal actually yeah no for sure there's a lot of a lot of assumptions that you have to make but you can see it play out on the screen much easier than we can describe it so so our quote of the movie is uh from 22 it says don't worry you can't crush a soul here that's what life on earth is for so apparently the great before is better in her opinion than uh, than life on Earth is, but she's never experienced life on Earth until later in the movie. Yeah, don't judge a book by its cover. Twenty-two, it's a catch. Twenty-two. We'll have to talk whether is it. Do you think there's any any meaning behind her number, other than the fact that no, it, I don't. It's really. Low. I don't know, but I know that yeah. I know that when she was pretending to be people, she pretended to be Mister Fredrickson, like from. Oh. Uh, remember when, I didn't notice that, but. I noticed that, but I'm wondering if it was the actual actor. I don't. And is he Carl Fredrickson? I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming it's someone like semi-famous. I feel uh, people, all of our listeners, are going to be like, "What?" It's yeah. Uh, like everybody who acts in Pixar now is like famous. Ed Asner. Uh, it could, uh, I guess we'll have okay. to look up whether he was on the the list of people in this. Um, I don't see him on here. Well, that's probably he might he might if he did it it might be uncredited because <laughs> they don't want to spoil it. Um, let me let me let me think. What do we have next? Oh yes, our uh, our outsider review, which Jonathan found. And uh, keep forgetting facial expressions don't come over podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> that's one a hard thing to get used to. It will when we finally get our video working. But yeah. the video is not uh well we can see each other on a video, but everyone else can't unfortunately. Sorry guys. Thank goodness my I need a haircut. I'm wearing a beanie, now. so I don't need a haircut ever anymore. Carhartt beanie, join the club. <laughs> okay, so Matt Pius says pays from mattpays.com or pies. I mean he can correct us. Wow. He's not pretentious at all. He has his own website based on his own, <laughs> his own given name. Yeah, he says, it, the movie offensively implies in this year of all years that those who don't survive near-death experiences pass away because of a lack of inspiration or determination. Wow. Look, I know we can always be a pessimist, but come on. Like, how do you get offended by this movie? <laughs> this is This is one of the more pessimistic takes that i've ever seen especially because i think he's are he's arguing that this movie is bad over something that i don't think that's what this movie is about yeah it's, well, like it's, it's, an, ex, it's an external issue like uh. yeah it's like it's, it's not like in this movie it's commonplace for souls and near-death experiences to come back because they're more inspirational it's just some weird occurrence that, that this guy happened to be inspiring to this soul, so they just let him go. It's yeah. not like a normal occurrence, it's just a rare thing in this movie. Yeah, it's like this This is something that doesn't normally happen. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a good point. But before we go on, uh, I think we need to point out that if you have a near-death experience, <laughs> you might need some insurance. <laughs> and you might need some soul insurance. I'm just kidding, they don't sell that. But if you actually get in an accident, but you do sell your soul. And you, whether you survive the accident or not, because you, there might, I don't know whether funeral insurance is a thing. That's probably something else. That's something else. But for the medical expenses, you will, you will need insurance. So we recommend that you call Hedman, Hedman Anglin Agency to, if you have any questions about this kind of insurance. Or, uh, so HAA is known for saving mon- people money on auto, home, and business insurance. And they would love uh, to help you out on that. And so if you would like to reach out to them, 
you should call 614-486-7300. That's 614-486-7300. And if you ever uh, happen to reach out to them, then make sure you tell them that Ben and Zach sent you. And uh, uh, and if, that you found your spark from us. Yes, that your spark, you're just fly, shining on this earth because we sent you and you're buying insurance. So, and everything's Greater great soul. now. Your you're saving, so you're saving money. Which I think that a Joe's mom would be very, um, <laughs> she, she would like that you were saving money and being good with your money and having health insurance and other kinds sure. of insurance. Mrs. Gardner had Home it right. I think Mrs. Yeah. Gardner and Terry would have been good friends. <laughs> they would have been. All right, so now we get into the fun part, which is the score, our scoring, using the 10-point plan. Our 10-point plan to save humanity. No, I'm just kidding. This is just our 10-point scoring system. We're still we're still workshopping the title of it. It's been a long time. It's been, like, what, four months, and we still don't have a title for if it. If you have a suggestion for what we should name it, then email us at themovievaultpod at gmail.com. And, and if you don't care... Please tell us why you don't care. If you would like if you to don't see email my, my ten point plan to save humanity, um, it hasn't worked. So a lot of people have been complaining to me about that one. Alright, so first off we have to talk sentiment, which all of us have only seen the movie once, right, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not secretly watch this movie before and was gonna surprise you on the podcast. And then David ruined it. That didn't happen. No. Well, okay, I will say I did watch it before, and I was going to surprise Ben on the podcast, but someone accidentally told Ben. And I was well, I was watching it with a group of people, and I was pretending to predict every next event, like acting like I was so smart. And then and then I got a call in like the last 10 minutes. And I'm like, all right, guys, I've already seen it. Continue watching. <laughs> and they got so mad because they thought I was like so smart. That okay, is right. legendary stuff. All right, I guess I'll start us out. Uh, I'm giving this one a nine of sent on sentiment, and it might. The only reason I don't give it a ten is because I literally just watched this movie for the first time, and it just came out, so it's kind of hard to give it a ten right now. But but nine is pretty good, pretty good starting place. You can you can only get one point better from there. All right, Jonathan, what do you think? Yeah, I also gave it a nine. That was pretty good overall yeah and yep. i was i was getting the the feels at the end you know and maybe think yeah i i gave it an eight i eight is high i i loved it it was good ben you know that i love it jonathan i know you loved it because jonathan you're a big pixar fan aren't you yeah yeah so he's our picks our expert he's our pick spurt <laughs> <laughs> although technically we haven't watched i've have you watched The Good Dinosaur? I haven't no. watched The Good Dinosaur, and I haven't watched Brave. Yep, I've, I've watched all the Pixar movies except for those two. So, uh, so if those two are the best, please tell us so that I, we can. I did read a book on started in the starting of Pixar, and I read it like twice. So is that? Yes. So now, <laughs> if we want any historical context for Pixar's existence, well, I'm not sure if I remember it that much, but I did I'm read sure. it twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have um, you guys ever heard of the Pixar theory? Uh, yes. Yes, I have heard of that. Where do you think this it's fits into it? I think, I mean, I think this fits in well because it's like when people die. So like whenever someone in the Pixar theory dies, this is just how it works, you know? And they can, obviously there's ways for them to come back. So that might fix any loopholes. I especially like the time loop portion of the Pixar theory. That's my favorite part. Some of it's like, it's kind of weird. And I like, they definitely didn't intend this, but it's interesting to try and put it all together. <laughs> yes. So if you haven't yeah. looked up the Pixar theory, is there a website for that? Uh, I think I there think, is, but I don't remember what it is. Okay, well, just Google it. It's very interesting, and I'm sure there's lots of videos on it of other people who have uh, thought about the Pixar theory. It's yeah, yeah. Is this person's name website. Okay, wait. Do you want to just say it? Is it JohnNegroni.com? All right. So if you're if you're curious, go to that website. Um, also, message which is fairly similar to sentiment. Uh, Zach, what'd you give message? I gave message a seven. I mean, okay. I was a little confused at, at some parts, but overall I think it was a good message about what are you true, 
again, like there's different perspectives from different worldviews, but this is a good message where it's saying that not on, there's not only one specific part to life. Like, and your whole life can't be devoted just to playing piano or just to walking or looking at stars or stargazing or whatever. You're, there are more, there's more to life, and your spark isn't just going to be one specific thing. There are many different parts of life, and you have to enjoy all of it. Well, you don't have to. But. Jonathan. Yeah, I gave it an 8. I'm still like trying to think through what exactly I think of the message and what parts I agree with or disagree with, but at least made me think. I gave it, I gave it a nine because, oh. uh, I, there was very, I really, very, bleh, I very much resonated with Joe's part of the story. Um, the only reason I did, it's not perfect because, um, 22's storyline is, well, this is more character arcs. Well, I'll get into that later. Um, Joe, it, like, I can see how you can get so laser focused on a dream that you forget that every moment in life matters. And I think that was the most important takeaway for me uh, because regardless of your worldview, which I can sense that Pixar was being a little bit ambiguous in how they were presenting this, not giving it one specific worldview. Like every moment in life matters and it's really easy to forget that. Um, And that was was what I thought... um, was like he was just not he was he was so driven by his goal he was forgetting about other people he was forgetting about investing in other people's lives and he had the opportunity with his students to invest in other people's lives hmm. but yeah and when connie came when connie came to his house and she wanted to quit he said oh i don't have time for this he wasn't really invested in what she had to do and like even as barbara does like he was yeah he didn't he never asked him about his life or anything like that but when 22 got involved and like actually was experiencing life she was the one showing joe that his life is more meaningful than just piano whereas like 22 would like was talking to connie and she was talking to devs finding out things about them and why how they tick and what their passions are and how they ended up where they are which made uh joe really think like is my life just about piano yeah, yeah. and it, it was yeah it was so obvious that joe had been so blinded by his dream that yeah at just every he, every moment he was thinking about, about piano and his making his big break, he was actually pretty selfish. Um, like his mom might have been a little harsh on him, but it also might have been because of his attitude and how he was choosing to pursue his dream. It wasn't necessarily that his dream was bad, or that wanting to be a musician is bad. It's that he had so hell, he had idolized it. I guess this would be a good way to say it. And so, and when you do that, even even if you achieve success, which he eventually did. He was like, and then you're like, oh, this is empty, and you you either have to, and then that could be hard to grapple with. So uh, that's pretty much message, and now uh, plot, which we talked about. I I gave plot a nine too. <laughs> I gave it a seven. I liked it, but like, you know, it was good because it was emotional, it was thoughtful, it was <clears throat> thought provoking, as Jonathan said. Um, but I just gave it a seven because there were a lot of parts where it was like kind of slow and kind of, for me at least, dragged on a little bit. But that got the point across, which I think was more important. But I gave it a seven overall, which is still good. So I also what, gave what it a you, seven. John? Okay. So I'm not sure entirely okay. why. It's just like, oh, it's plot. It's probably good because I rated the other categories good. But <laughs> yeah, I guess I rated it high because I rated everything else high. <laughs> But you're probably right. There's probably points in the plot that are a little bit uh, that weren't as good. Like I think they had to do the whole Terry thing, and they had to do like the meditation stuff because there were plot holes that they had to fill. Like they had to have a way to get from Earth to the secondary plane from without well, without having to. Well, I'll talk about my part with that in the Brita moments. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're already getting into Brita moments. But, yeah, there's not a whole lot to talk about plot that we haven't already talked about. All right, character arcs. What would you give it, Jonathan? I gave it a 9 because I thought they were pretty good character arcs. Yeah, I, I, I think it was really good too, but my good is a 7, I guess, because I keep giving 7s. And I gave it an 8 because um, I didn't like 22's character arc as much as I liked Joe's, and I felt like she's the other main character, so it's the other character arc that matters. But it was still good. It just wasn't as good as Joe's. So I factored that in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, 
But obviously Joe's the main character, so he's more important. So I waited a little bit more towards that. Why do you think 22s wasn't as strong? Um, like, it's hard when you're dealing with a, such a hypothetical <laughs> to, like, <laughs> grasp around why her, her it was important. Like, because it, in reality, I doubt that when you, you just don't exist. You don't, like, they even said it was a hypothetical that the whole, uh, the great before... So that kind of threw me off in terms of like I'm supposed to feel for this character, but this character like doesn't can't exist, and why does it have feelings if it does exist? I guess it was because it went to Earth when it wasn't supposed to, because it kind of I guess she did, kind of didn't have feelings. I don't know. It was it was just maybe threw me off a little bit. Yeah, the character I think does provide some motivation for the plot, so have a contrast of ideas. That turns true. out both main characters ideas about what the purpose of life is is wrong but yeah that that's yeah, actually... one of them was taking it one of it was taking it for granted the other one's just discovering it so it's like two different angles of the same material i guess you're right when you put it that way her her arc is a little bit better maybe i just didn't like her character as much i don't know so maybe it's not me. a big not a big enough fan <laughs> might be my might be a me problem Oh, yeah, probably not the biggest <laughs> Tina Fey fan either, but I don't think that was why. <laughs> she said her voice was annoying, so I can at least... <laughs> A middle-aged white woman. <laughs> yes. Uh... All right. Uh, how about... Uh, so now we're getting into cinematography, which <laughs> I typically think of in animated movies as being like, eh, like the animation quality, but I don't know if that's how Zach thinks about it, but... Uh, I do. I do now. Last time I didn't, but now that you described your last podcast, I gave it an eight. I thought it was beautiful, very beautiful. I gave it, I gave it a nine. That uh, was yeah, it was pretty well done. I gave it a ten. <laughs> oh, I do. Okay, I was thinking about like a nine or a ten, but I mean, I sh- I might have because I liked that like. I don't know when she went into that little when she says run and she, they walk into that little box and she has that little secret layer and it's like all those all those objects but it's like they're not objects they're all just gray and there's outlines and then like the Jerry's are all two dimensional I thought that was like so cool to like integrate all that together in the animation I think that's what got me I actually didn't really like the design of the souls that much which is weird because it seems like I shouldn't give it a 10 if I didn't but like the the way that they did the animation I especially when they were in the like the dimension that was like the great before and the great beyond like that was and the ter- yeah the Jerry's and the Terry like that was really good and then like the view of New York City you know that's typical Pixar stuff but they nailed it again I mean I guess to really confirm that this is a 10 which obviously you know I can't take it back now I'd have to go rewatch all the Pixar movies and decide whether I think this is but they tend to get better over time, so this actually might get worse. But, yeah, I, I just thought it was amazing. I guess on your comment on cinematography being quality of animation, it's kind of similar to a regular movie, though, because they still have, like, camera angles. It's just yeah, that's true. Not a real camera, it's a virtual camera. <laughs> that is true. If you're looking at it like a cinematography, it would probably be a little bit less... Uh, it would be more of like a seven or eight, but well, I even thought the shots were beautiful. Like when he was falling through the soul world, like to dying right away. Okay, he's falling you're right. through like those yeah. and stuff the, like that. That the, was sweet. The falling to earth scene was also yeah good. Yeah, and I don't know. I said the New York City shot. I don't know why that one. And oh no, no, the shots in New York City. I could. There was some shots where I literally it looked so like it looked. I could if I were shown that picture, I would think it's real, like a photograph. Yeah. And I think, oh, what was else? Oh, when he's playing the piano and, like, the levitation scene and where, like, the mm-hmm. colors change. It's really interesting because Pixar movies tend to be really colorful. Like, Up, all the balloons, Monsters, Inc., all the different monsters. This feels more like it has a specific uh, tone. Hey, Kenzie. Kenzie's <laughs> walking by. Um she can't hear me though so it's really redundant that i said hi uh, uh but uh this is like a distinct color tone that's like there's like two different ones that like 
the New York City one, which is a little bit more colorful, and then there's like very specific colors in the great beyond and the great before that are like blue and pink and like black. It's I don't know. It it looks nice. You know a different another pit movie they did that in? What Inside Out? Oh, you're right. <laughs> which there's a lot of comparisons between this movie and Inside Out. I think come to think of it. Like, yeah, I guess it's the inner workings of people. Yeah, and it's like a, a metaphor. Like, the brain obviously doesn't actually work like that, but it's like, this is like the uh, the human... Rep- if humans were in the brain, sort of, how it would work. I guess the question for Pixar theory is, how does the word of Inside Out work with the word of souls? Yeah. Where is the soul in the mind in Inside Out? This is like... The Pixar version of the mind-body problem. Does the mind <laughs> start... The mind probably starts when the soul goes to Earth. I was, I guess it would how they would fix that. Because I don't think that there's any... But then they're also developing their personality, which goes against what they did in Inside Out because it was like their personality was developed through experiences that shaped them. Oh, man, this is all... <laughs> very complicated. With well, the maybe they're preset and then they can change. That, that's got to be it because I think that's sort of what they say in psychology is that it's like you you have certain genetic uh, tendencies tendencies and then you're also molded by experience. So it's like a, a double whammy. It's not just one or the other. Um, but how about – okay, so now we're going to originality, which is an interesting category. I, I can't believe this. I gave it a nine. You gave it a nine? I gave it a seven, which – I thought I thought this movie was so actually original. How do you not think it's original? The only reason I didn't rate it higher because the very because I Inside thought it was so, very comparable to Inside Out, and yeah. so I was like, they borrowed some things from Inside Out that or like the the big arc concept. So that's why I gave it a seven. Yeah, seven. I thought it was super original, so I gave it a ten. Like, okay, so <laughs> I haven't seen a movie like this. I mean, I haven't seen that many movies, but <laughs> interesting concept. Yeah, so 10. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say that this is pretty original. I, d- I just maybe... I might overstock the, how much this was inspired by Inside Out. I was also thinking about there's the same director for both movies. But it's almost like he was building on the idea that he did in the last movie he directed. Oh, well, yeah, this guy did Up and... Uh, what Monsters, else Inc. Monsters, Inc. He's done Monsters, Inc. Oh, good. No, he didn't do Good Dinosaur, I think. Monsters, Inc., Up... Uh, Inside Out and this and Soul. I think he's done four movies. Um, and he's and, the head of Pixar now. Yeah, he's the head of Pixar now. He's the the big cheese. But uh, <laughs> him and Kevin Feige should do a collab, a Marvel Pixar movie. I feel like that could happen with the amount of Marvel material we are getting. But uh, yeah, it's interesting because I think one of the reasons why Pixar is so good is because they tend to be very steady on the directors that they pick, which it's also, Pixar is more team-driven, uh, from my understanding, right? So, uh, for animation, you have to have much more of a team because of how complicated it is to, like, draw everything and, like, make it... But, you know, they have these very consistent... Brad Bird has done a couple... Um, Andrew the Incredibles. St- right? Andrew, Andrew Stanton, uh, Lee Unrich. Like, these guys, they've done multiple Pixar movies, and they kind of stick to these guys as being their the people who do it and i think that is kind of why the quality has stayed the same over the years because it's like this started with toy story in 1995 which is like how many years ago now 25 so then and now they're making soul which could i mean a lot of people love love toy story i think has like 100 percent on rotten tomatoes so it's like they went they went from that and they're like still doing it now so there's obviously a reason why yeah i think one thing they kind of have is they collaborate a lot on the story. So, so they're just having like one writer who writes the thing. I don't actually know how all movies do this, but I know they have like a board of collaboration. Right. Which I, I think is different than a lot of other stories in that, or a lot of other is because like one person directs it and and, and the other person, um, or, or they might direct and write it actually and be basically the center of the vision of the story and definitely Pixar doesn't work like that as much uh, but now from here we go to acting or voice acting or I guess you could consider it how they animated the the characters and how <laughs> the voices fit the characters movements <laughs> well it's kind of like choreography too but I gave it a 7 because I think Tina Fey and Jamie Foxx 
I mean, I don't. Has they ever been in a movie together? <laughs> uh, it would. I mean, they both seem like they've been in a lot of movies, but I don't know that they have been in a movie together. I give it an eight. But I think they're. Yeah, they're both just really good. Like they really got the emotions across. I also gave it an eight. Yeah, Jamie Fox is when in the right roles, which I don't know whether voice acting is. It's probably a different kind of difficult. I've only ever seen him in like Django and Baby Driver, so like much different movies well, than this. Jamie Foxx is returning in the new Spider-Man movie in 2022. Oh, really? Or 2021? Yeah, he's it's 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 actually a year from like this week. Oh, is he like one of the villains? Well, he's a, returning as the Electro that he played in the Andrew Garfield series. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So they're gonna do some type of crossover or something. Okay, know. that that'll be sweet, but I think they're both. I don't. I'm not. I said I wasn't a huge fan of Tina Fey, but like, given the right role, she's <laughs> she's fine. She's great, and uh, everybody else did their job and wasn't annoying. I think Felicia Rashad from the Cosby Show is in this, so that's somebody that I have watched a lot of acting from. But I, I don't. She played. Uh, oh yeah, she played the mother. So yeah, she was she was good. Everybody conveyed what they needed to. Even the weird hippie guy. I don't, did I give my score? Yeah, you said eight, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, so, and now we'll have Jonathan's score for this one because he wrote them down. A lot of our guests don't. Okay, so now style. Which? Eight. I give it a nine. I also, also gave it a nine. So me and Jonathan Ooh. are pretty close, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's just a very... <clears throat> It's like it's not mellow. It's like uh, calm, but like scary calm because it is something that we probably think about more than we realize, like the whole life and death situation. Right. It's also like uh, interesting how fast it happened and then how drastic the difference between what it looked like in life and when it looked like after, like when he was in the other, the other places, great before, beyond, and great before. It was like wow, this is like a stark contrast. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it still might be like more, more human-like than it actually is. Well, I I wouldn't say that actually. I don't know. It might be less human-like than it actually than it will be. I don't know. I just don't know. You don't know because you're not a human. You're an imposter. <laughs> imposter. Ah, you found me. And now you're gonna vote me off. A little <laughs> little little Among Us joke. This will ma- that will make this podcast dated. <laughs> yeah. Or the kids will come running to listen. I don't. We kind of talked a lot about the style, though, with the cinematography. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the colors and everything. <laughs> so I think so. Sometimes our our categories can kind of bleed together. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Score. So uh, score. Uh, soundtrack. This can be confusing to people because we go score and then they're like, "Okay, final score." No, it's the <laughs> soundtrack or the. Yeah. I gave score a six. I just think it wasn't notable for me. I give it a nine. I thought it was super notable. And really? plus all the jazz music was incredible. This has got to be one of yeah. the best musical movies that they have had. I thought no, I thought it was good, like the piano part, but I I don't know. I guess I just didn't count that in for some reason. <laughs> like the I, specific action of playing the piano. Yeah. I I gave it an eight. I thought wasn't the best soundtrack I've ever heard, but I think it went well with the movie. Like the jazz was definitely really good. And then I didn't notice it a lot during the movie, but like when watching the credits, the I don't know how to describe. It's like calm sort of techno was yeah. the Soul Realms music. So the guy the guys who did this soundtrack, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, they are in the band Nine Inch Nails and they kinda which was obviously a they were a popular band in the 90s actually somewhat controversial I, this is not an endorsement of nine inch nails um but it's just stating a fact and they they uh, actually have sort of gotten a nine inch nails still exists but they sort of have the second career as uh, sc- uh like people who make scores they've worked a lot with david fincher they made the soundtrack for uh the social network and gone girl both of which and uh I think the Social Network soundtrack won a an Academy Award, so they're well known, and I think they do this techno sort of thing. So it's not incredibly shocking that that is 
what it sounds like because and if you listen to the Nine Inch Nails albums that came out this year, they are completely different from the ones in the 90s and like actually kind of instrumental and they kind of sound like this. But anyway, that is <laughs> just my knowledge of the people. I'm a little bit more knowledgeable on the composers than I normally am. <laughs> All right. So uh, that brings us to choreography, correct? Everyone gave their score? Yep. Seven. Oh, uh, seven. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a seven too. I gave it an eight. So pretty close again. Good. Yeah, I mean, the, I guess the falling scenes were, like, pretty good. Like, <laughs> Just them falling. Yeah. It was cool to watch them, like, chase chase each other around in New York and stuff like that. So, Yeah, that's what I was mostly thinking of, the scenes where um, 22 is trying to control Joe's body. I thought she learned kind of fast, but, yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> and I guess the piano scenes, like... The ones where his fingers hit the keyboard. I assume those are the right notes. Yeah, that's true. Well, she probably. I, I didn't think about. She probably how didn't learn that. Sorry, go I, ahead. I didn't think about how technically impressive it is that, like, they got the the keys. Because think about where they were when they first started. They could barely animate humans. Like that looked anything. Let alone do that fine of motor skill, like playing a piano, that looked that realistic. So I think that is. Probably their, if they were, you're going to say, what is their, what did they improve upon in their animation? Maybe, I don't know whether they've shown this in other movies, but it seems like Pixar has tended to, like, stray away from doing human characters. And so in this movie, they really made a lot of, even though they didn't stay with the human characters the whole time, they made some, some steps in their human animation development. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just going to say that, um, the she probably learned really fast because I think she did get to like keep his thoughts and stuff like his brain. So she probably has like the same brain patterns used to help her move. But that's just a stupid thought that I had. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. So wow, can you? We're actually at forty-seven minutes already. Holy cow! Oh shoot! This is gonna be our so longest is, podcast. Which mine's is, a, mine's is, a seventy-four percent. Let's cut to the chase. Cut to the chase. Okay. I am at 85%. I did not calculate the percentage. What? Yeah, so this is, this is higher than Donnie Darko. Yes. Is this your highest? Yeah. Whoa. And, and I'm, I, I don't, I, I feel like this movie impacted me a lot. Like, I'm, I'm like, I don't know whether it'll end up in my top 25 list. It won't right away for sure because you have to give it time. But, like, this is going to climb my definitely my animated movies like i i i want to point out though while jonathan's calculating his score this movie is not was like it's one of the pixar movies that's the least made for kids like yeah it wasn't that super funny i wouldn't think of this as a kids movie at all like some pixar movies i'm like oh yeah this is like adults can watch this and they get one message and kids can watch this and they get another message and i guess you could sort of say that from this movie, but I feel like this movie is really aimed at adults. Like you could say like the 22 is like supposed to be the kids. Cause they're like, this is somebody who's young and it's like, ah, oh, I don't have any meaning. And that's like, yeah, but I felt like they, they really focused a lot more on the Joe character and his like midlife kind of like, he was a middle-aged man and like how you can look back and be like, all my dreams didn't really happen, which I've, happens i've heard people who are older than me they've told me like yeah you get to 30 sometimes and you can be like oh all these things that i thought i was going to do like i haven't done and it's i'm i'm like getting to pass my prime so (laughs) i guess it's it's weird because the 22 character doesn't exactly a kid's perspective because it's a weird perspective because it's a kid that's voiced by tina fey (laughs) It's like before they had a body, so they don't know if living is actually worth it, which is an interesting concept, which is what I liked, which got me interested from the trailers. Uh, I feel like I feel like Gen Z is getting too existential. <laughs> but I, I think the part that maybe would resonate with younger people, I'm not sure about kids, maybe more of teenagers or college yeah. students, is figuring out what your purpose is. Right. That's a very teenage to young adult to end of college problem but the movie you're showing it actually might not matter what your age is because 
Joe was also having the same problem. He thought yeah. he knew, but... He, yeah, he was, like, blind that he didn't actually know. Did you calculate it? Yeah, it was also 85%. Oh, wow. Wow. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. 85. But the thing is, our podcast, people are going to hate us if, like, we're like, this is the best movie I've ever seen, 85%. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what our scale is like. And, and, and I've just settled with the fact that Zach is just, he's just a little bit harder to please than me. So... He's just gonna have Probably. movies that are lower, and I'm gonna look hey, like I less of a. I know you did. I know you did. If people looked at all the other movies that were on your list, this is still this is pretty high. That's why we need to get the I list updated. They got a C. They got a seventy-four. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, now we get to go to Britta moments with Britta. Who, Jonathan? You probably don't get this. But she's from Community, and she was the worst. Ki- You've watched like one episode of Community, and she was like the the blonde girl that is like she didn't she didn't really have a point of being on the show, and after like the first episode, and then she was just on the show the whole time, and they would just like make fun of the fact that she was like a purposeless character. Okay, yeah, I don't remember what character that is, but I have listened to your explanation on this podcast before. So yeah, okay, we we need <laughs> to stop explaining this every time. <laughs> Uh, I mean, okay. it wouldn't be confusing if you hadn't heard any podcasts before. That's true. We're just I, trying to. I think my only, <clears throat> I think my only Brita moment was when all of a sudden, like he plays the piano and he finds out that he can go to the soul, soul world just by playing the piano. Yeah, but that, that was a plot. That was a band aid for the script, because they were like they didn't want to yeah. have them to go to the hippie guy again to get to the i kind of get the getting into your own little world that's kind of close to this whole world but being able to get out of it is a little weird also yeah. the whole mysticism part in the entire thing was weird but yeah i don't know i mean it's I... a Pixar movie so they're gonna add their own little element to it you know but it was just weird that like they kind of just made that an easy way out like he just played the piano and went to the soul world all of a sudden so so I... you know whatever i agree um, is that all there is to pick to say about this movie that's bad? You guys convinced me. You guys convinced me that uh twenty two is actually a good character, so I can't say that's a Brita moment anymore. Alright, so stock market. I'm keeping my I already bought stock and P Doctor on the um Enough. up on up so my stock is rising we're rich right now (laughs) (laughs) we we, we're cashing in some dividends we should it'd be fun if we actually like wrote a program that like kept track for like the people who are active i don't know it would be so subjective though it's kind of it's kind of hard to actually what's good and how many dollars do you get per good thing and if you were basing it off of money made on the movie or stuff like that like multiple factors then there's no like you can't calculate the money that was made on this movie i guess you could do like rotten tomatoes score i mean that's still subjective but it's one like thing that all movies most most all movies have a rotten tomato score so you can at least like i don't know it would be interesting uh yeah who else I don't. The voice actors are more like, yeah, they did a good job, but like, I don't know whether I would like buy into them as actors just because of this movie. <laughs> yeah, buy me some Joe Gardner. Like Joe, Jamie Foxx was good, but buy me some Joe Gardner, right? Yeah, now. but do you think Joe Gardner's gonna get another movie? Like, would Soul Two be a thing? There's no way they're making Soul Two, right? I don't know. Soul Two, your sole purpose. I yeah, know. I just I don't, don't feel like this is a movie that's made to have a sequel. No. It's like up. It has a good finite ending. It's good. Yeah, which is good. They need Pixar needs these movies. They okay. I will it's say good. the franchise. Moment, I don't think. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Just so you guys know, like it's Ben and I have a delay, so that's why we keep cutting each other off. But yeah, we would definitely not I cut each other off in real life. <laughs> that's true. But I I think a plot hole for me, not a plot hole, a moment that I was like, oh no was when he got a second chance at life. I actually think it would have been better if he didn't. I think it would have been more finite and I think he would have I think it would have been more meaningful and sad for me if he just went to the great beyond and just let it be and just was happy with the life he lived because he realized that it wasn't as meaningless as he thought because he realized that every moment matters. Hmm. Yeah, I was kind of wondering if they're going to end it that way. Yeah, I thought they were going to I I'm guessing 
that they they I'm guessing that they had a test audience and they tested both endings and the audience <laughs> hated the ending where he just went into the great beyond. I could be wrong about mm. that, but it seems like that. Like cuz it's like Disney and they're like, "Oh, we can't like Disney just can't do the oh, this is like a kind of a depressing ambiguous ending cuz you don't know what the great beyond is either. So they never show you that, which I think is good because it's I don't nobody knows and well, I mean we know. <laughs> I don't want to say nobody. We've knows, never experienced, but nobody yeah. has ever experienced it. That's what I'm meaning to say. That's still alive. That we know. That's, yeah, that's still alive. At yeah. this time. <laughs> yes, uh, and I guess that's what we say about that feedback. Uh, I don't know that we <laughs> we've gotten more feedback particularly, but we have gotten a, a Japanese audience recently. I just want to shout out the Japanese listener slash listeners. Because they moved from being like it was like ninety three percent American like listenership, and then they they bumped it down to like ninety percent, like a four percent of our uh, aud- our listens are now from Japan. So that's kind of cool. And if you're that listener, uh, thank you. And if you want to email us and explain to us how you found us or anything, or if you're using a VPN, then you're you're at least helping our egos because it is possible that somebody has a VPN in Japan who is like messing up everything but i'm not completely unaware of that happening but that that's kind of a cool little thing i guess and, um yeah, i think that's pretty much all on the feedback front and so now i'll just plug our social medias uh at the movie vault pod on instagram um at movie vault pod on twitter and then email us at themovievaultpod at gmail.com. And uh, we we do respond to our emails. And uh, if you have recommendations, suggestions, you're angry at us, we messed something up, and we said a fact that is not correct. Like, I think uh, somebody pointed out, I think Brian pointed out that on Die Hard, we had mentioned that um, we didn't understand why the stocks were important, uh, like the papers. Apparently, they were actually bonds. And so that is why, and they they only like those were the only record of the bond. So that's why it was like when they, if they stole them, they could get all the money. So those are the things that like we we don't have the capacity to um, get everything right. <laughs> so we are thankful when people are like point things out that we said wrong because sometimes we just we don't know it and then we just go for just go with something, which isn't always great, but it's what we do. So um, now I guess final conclusions. So each of us can give our final thoughts. Who wants who who wants to volunteer to start? I got it. I say final conclusions. Great movie. Good job, Pete. Good job, Pixar. I look forward to the next one. Like, what sort of things do I say in my final conclusion? Like, what 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 are your like <laughs> final thoughts of yeah. like? I thought it was interesting how they um, tackled the philosophical problem of soul separating from bo- soul. Have the difference between soul and body. And apparently even brain and soul. And also the tackling the question of the meaning of life in an interesting and creative way. That is, that, <laughs> I think that sums it up pretty well. I was just say, yeah, I thought that for me this was like sort of a, a person, like got me personally because I could see myself, I could see, I, I tend to be somebody who has a lot of, of dreams or like thinks about what could happen. <laughs> Which is maybe why I have a podcast, but, um, but, uh, and so as being somebody who has lots of big dreams and sort of a visionary, I don't, I don't know, uh, I'm not Elon Musk kind of visionary, more like a, uh, knockoff Elon Musk type of visionary, um, but and so to see like, like the Lego oh, Elon Musk, yeah, those things might not happen or might never be accomplished in the way in my mind they I think that they should happen. But that is not the meaning of life is not that the dreams that I'm thinking right now happen. It is actually there's a lot more parts of life than just that, including your relationship with other people, your relationship with your spiritual, what the decisions you make on what you believe philosophically and spiritually. And those things are going to end up mattering a lot more than a singular focus on a on something like music or you know it could be your job it could really be anything that's like sort of this singular thing that can only happen on earth but it's not that the and you can still use all of those things and all of those dreams in life but uh there's only 
but there's so you can't become blinded by it, I guess. And I might not have said that very. Um, uh, it didn't sound. It might not have all sounded good together. <laughs> but I'm trying to get that point across. That that's why it was so such a personal connection to the movie. Anyway, guys, he's he's crying right now. There's tears coming down his face. <laughs> I'm joking. All right. So now I guess we've come to the point where we have to close the vault. Also, I guess I don't exactly know what we're doing for the next movie or whether we're gonna do another one of these before we do another one in life in back in the where we're in the same studio. We haven't quite figured that all out yet. But well, we we will let you know. Uh, or it will just release and we won't let you know and it'll just be like new episode. So, um, yeah. So now we have to close the vault. But Zach's well. In the vault. Hold on, Jonathan. Would you like to simultaneously close the movie vault and the groovy vault? Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Dun 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 dun. Boom. <laughs> oh no! My soul and body are separated. 